Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast, where we chat everything and anything related to the world of music and occasionally focus on topics a little bit unrelated. My name is Scott Cowie, I am a drummer turned comedy singer-songwriter and apparently now a podcaster. You're going to hear me chat to many different people, but more often than not, it will be fellow musicians having conversations about their careers and lives within, arguably, the greatest art form in the world. And you get this for free each and every week on scottcowie.com, on Stitcher Radio, and now on iTunes. So please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, let them know what's going on over here. But for now, enjoy the show. Guest this week on the podcast, Kaki King, someone who is exceptionally innovative. I've been listening to a lot of her stuff recently. I recommend everybody check out a track called Neanderthal. Also check out a track called Night After Sidewalk. Kaki is without question years ahead of her time. Um, the new show, <laughs> the projection show, just when you think she can't get any better, uh, she releases this whole new concept. Um, you really have to go and see it. Check it out on YouTube. A tour is coming up. Uh, she's got one date in the UK. Check out khakiking.com. Super exciting. Very, very innovative. No doubt in years to come, people will look back on everything that she's doing at the moment and see it as exactly that. Exceptionally groundbreaking. We're going to speak to Kaki herself, talk about how she came up with the idea for the projection show. We're going to talk about composition. We're going to talk about this tour. We're going to talk about a bunch of things. It's all coming up. It's going to be a good one. Before we get to the interview, I am joined now by Nora, Francesca, Gillian, Lucy, David, George, Germain. Nora, how are you? I'm so great. How are you? You know me, Nora? Can't complain. Never do. That's the one. That's the very, very one. Do you like that? Do you like the fact that we've... That we know what the other person's going to say. Yeah, do you like the familiarity? I think the familiarity is comforting. People... Yeah, it makes me feel like I'm an old married couple with you and you. No, I wouldn't say it's as depressing as that. I feel as if I'm, you know, uh, talking to a friend and there's a bit of... Yeah, no, it's good. I do like it a lot. Yeah, I do. The familiarity of it is comforting. And we hope the listeners enjoy the familiarity too. In other words, it's the same shit every week. That being said, (laughs) what's happening in the world right now, Nora? There's a lot of... This podcast is socially relevant. There's a statement for the front cover of every paper across the world, okay? Because we comment on things that are exactly that. There's a lot going on over here in my neck of the woods in the United States. We've got, you know, presidential elections. There's a lot going on over in your neck of the woods in the UK. I know there are lots of things to talk about. (laughs) Right, okay. A lot of things to talk about. Um, This news broke a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to cover it just now, right? Um... I'm assuming that you heard about it. David Cameron, I'm assuming you know who he is. Right, the uh, the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister, have you heard uh, what David... He put up? his penis in a tiger's mouth. <laughs> right, calm down. It was it was allegedly a pig, it wasn't a tiger. Oh, a pig, I'm sorry. I knew it was some sort of animal, I'm right. sorry. Because I dare say if it was a tiger, I'm not too sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure a lot of guys like a wild night out, but that is just a step too far because I doubt he would. Um, 
I, I doubt he would be able to function as a human after that. That being said, Nora, um, challenging time for David Cameron, how he would react to, uh, how he's generally going to react to this claim, allegedly, allegedly, okay, we don't want to get sued, allegedly, right, and it might not be true, but Nora, do you think it's true? Probably. Probably, right, okay. Yeah. But the thing is, regardless of whether it's true or not true, because it is alleged, he is going to have to react to it somehow. Now, he can react by not reacting, if that makes sense. He doesn't have to has give... He, has he come out with an official statement about it yet, as of now? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to ask one of my sources, because I've got Google right in front of me, so I'm just going to... Um, well, it's I'm, I'm just doing the Google thing. I'm clicking on news, right? And there doesn't seem to be any sort of reaction to it by Mr. Cameron, right? So let's so just see... Has- confirmed or denied it that's actually something that i say a lot when people ask me personal questions in interviews especially you know if they're from creepy weird anyway i'm not going to get into it but sometimes people ask me certain things and i say i will not confirm or deny it i think it's a very good tactic actually tell me the last question that you got asked where you answered with i cannot confirm nor deny um <laughs> I'd have to remember it, but, um, um, you know, some people ask me about men, you know. <laughs> and there's no point. You'd be as well just saying I can't confirm or deny because if you had to go off on that chan- tangent and answer anything about men, you'd be there for about three weeks. That being said, Nora. Exactly. I'm just trying to save everyone else some fucking time. <laughs> right. Okay. So David Cameron, right. Let's just say where to react to it, Nora. The best yeah. thing to do in these situations is answer the questions with a little bit of a role play, right? You're a smart person. You're on the ball. You're on the money, as they say. And you certainly are on the money these days because your pledge campaign went through the roof. So you probably bought yourself a mansion. And... 116 today. 116%. 116%. That is, a, that is a lot of dough. So um, that's why Nora is uh, pimping it up these days. She bought a... Have you pimped up your violin? Can you do that? That would be quite something. <laughs> Right. No, I haven't, actually. I need a new one is what I need. Right, okay. That being said, right, we're on a tangent here. You're David Cameron, and this is how you would react to it, right? Now, just imagine you're going out, and you've got to talk to the public, and you've got to say, you've got to acknowledge the alleged claims, the alleged claim, obviously, being that when he was at university, as part of an initiation to join a little club, he put his penis in a tiger, or, sorry, a pig's... <laughs> A pig's mouth. Right, okay. So, Nora, you're David Cameron. This is your press conference. This is your platform. It's covered on Sky News. It's covered on CNN. It's covered on every media platform you could possibly imagine. You've got to go out. You've got to address this. You've put your penis in a pig's mouth many moons ago, allegedly, to go out and do your thing. The press conference, the podium, the microphone is yours. Um, thank you all for coming. That, does that include the pig? Boom! Right, sorry, on you go. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> uh, thank you all for coming. It's um, really nice to be here. I just want to say that I'm sorry to the pig. <laughs> That's not right. I wouldn't want a pig's penis in my mouth. And, I wouldn't want uh, a pig's penis in my mouth. Like if the roles were reversed. Oh, got you. Sorry, Mr. Cameron. Continue, please. 
Um, and I um, am never going to do it again unless I decide to go back to university. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. No, I would no. I would. I would actually say I'm really sorry. And um, oh wait, no, I am David Cameron. I'm really sorry. And. I hope that you can all forgive me. You know, we all do some really dumb things at university. I mean, I've done some dumb things. No, you're uh, David Cameron. No. You're David Cameron. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me, okay, sorry. We all do dumb things in the university, and I don't think that I should be judged on this grotesque act of bestiality. Isn't it, it is bestiality, right? Sorry, that's me. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm you know what I'm saying? I'm asking you. I'm Nora is asking you, Scott. Okay, back to David Cameron. Um, I'm really sorry. That's what I would say. Right, okay, I'm, I'm the press, I'm reacting, okay? But Mr. Cameron, don't you think someone in your position, someone who we all look up to, someone who is taking this country onto the next level and trying to get some credibility in everything that we do from politics onwards, don't you think that this is, as a Prime Minister, shouldn't you step down after such a horrendous feat that you said yourself is not right? No, because there are horrendous feats that are not right that most people commit, and the only difference is that you guys happen to know about this incident. I don't feel that it defines me. I'm very sorry that I did it. I'd also like to announce that right now I'm going vegan. Have a nice day. Mr. Cameron, sorry, if I can just interrupt there as well. You're stating simply that this is something that the public don't know about. Is there anything else just now? I mean this with the greatest of respect because I am a reporter and looking for credibility. In order to do that, I need to report the truth. So therefore, is there anything else that you need to tell us about before anything else comes out at a future date? Something, this horrendous feat that you've kept a secret and, and one may ask you, I suppose the real question that everybody wants to know is, had the public have known about this earlier, would you have been granted and had the privilege of being Prime Minister if people would have known you put your penis in a pig's mouth, Mr Cameron, if we'd have known about that earlier? Do you think you would have been voted in? I'm not sure. I also put my penis in a tiger's mouth. No further questions. <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, I think you all know why Nora plays the violin and she's not running the country. Thank God for that. Could you imagine? It would, uh, the UK or America would look like a fairground for about two weeks and then, I don't know. One more thing to comment on, Nora. When we get yeah. back from the interview with Kaki, we're going to talk about the fact that they have found some sort of liquid Coca-Cola on Mars or whatever it is. It's all coming up after the interview with Kaki King. See, we're commenting on stuff politically. We're commenting on stuff that's socially relevant, and I hope you people are learning something. Anyway, let's get down to the genius that is you Kaki. That was the noise the pig made 20 years ago. <laughs> okay, I am back on the Talk Music Podcast, and I am joined now by returning guest, guitar player extraordinaire, acoustic extraordinary she's been described as many different things the one and only khaki king khaki how are you hi i'm good how are you i can't complain never do it now i was actually all out of all of the descriptions that you've had you've had acoustic, <laughs> acoustic phenom guitar goddess what are some of your personal favorites to be described as oh i have no actual favorites in fact i, I dislike most of them vehemently um 
<laughs> when people ask me what I do, they say, well, you know, what do you do for a living? I say, oh, I play guitar. And I think my favorite is guitar player. Like that, that just describes it better than anything else. We don't have to have any superlatives or uh, hyperbole. Just I play guitar and that, that's it. So guitar player fits me best. I'm going to start again then. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined now by guitar player Khaki King. That's better. That's a lot better. <laughs> yeah, see, it sums it up a lot. It's a lot easier on the mouth. Right, so since we last spoke, you actually said in, in the previous interview that you had this idea that you were just starting, it was coming to fruition, the um, the projection show. Now, it looks amazing on YouTube. Tell us how that idea came about, who it was inspired by, and so on. Oh, man, it, it, it took such crazy twists and turns but it's funny yeah I mean it, I think at the time when I spoke to you I was just like telling everyone about this idea like 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 kind of trying to get people's reaction to see is this something that is too crazy or is it under do the people understand what I'm trying to accomplish um, but uh, eventually I found two guys called glowing pictures and they helped me, you know, develop the show and, and really just, just a lot of like fact finding. I had to get a guitar, get it to be, you know, paint it white, put it on stands, make it immobile. You know, there's a lot of like logistical things that I just had to know if they were going to work. And then we had to map it, meaning that it's like a, basically you're using like a digital stencil to cast light exactly where you want. And in this case, I cast light only on the guitar and nothing else. And then, you know, like there's, there were just a lot of technical issues up front that needed to be sorted through. And then the creative things started to happen. So there was um, like, you know, writing a script, producing, a, producing all the music, obviously, um, and then creating a kind of storyline that artists could follow. And I would say, OK, well, this is this is the concept that's happening in this piece. So how do we express that visually and on and on? And, and I produced several videos and um, some of my friends made some really great animations. And um, it was a huge collaboration and it and it uh, and it came off and now we're touring it around the world and it's couldn't be better. It's amazing. Now, the the one show that you've got in the United Kingdom is on the 18th of November, and it mm -hmm. is in the Jazz Cafe in London. Now, you're not going to believe this. I've got some really bad news for you, right? Uh -oh. I am playing in the Jazz Cafe on the 17th. I'm there the night before, yeah. right? So I was thinking, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to get to play my gig, right? Do my little thing, and then go and see Khaki King the night after. Life couldn't be better. But now I need to be in Birmingham the next day, in the 18th, oh. so I'm going to miss your show. So, Bummer. That's too bad. So I'm jealous of everybody who's going to get to go. It's on the 18th of November. You have to go and check it out. It's the full-on projection show. Now, of course, you're playing... The, the, the album, The Neck is a Bridge to the Body, that is a soundtrack to this whole... Yeah, it's the soundtrack to the larger visual show, exactly. Right, excellent. So you play... all. Obviously, you play songs from the soundtrack. Do you play some of the older songs as well? What, what does yeah. it involve? Uh, one of my first songs, Carmine Street, we did a visual kind of ode it's an ode to new york city but in you, you don't see any any icons it's just you know like new york city from a perspective of someone living there um and carmine street is a is a street in in new york um so carmine street's in there and there isn't any other older stuff but there are a few things that didn't make the record like various um pieces that are are more improvised more more kind of like a soundtrack to the uh, well, for the particular movie that we're playing. Um, so, yeah, so there's a, there's a lot in there as well as the stuff that's on the album. Excellent. So right now, what's your favorite song to play live? 
Oh, again with the favorites. <laughs> um, I think the the one of the songs that's that's really thrilling is Anthropomorph, which is um, one of the reasons is because it's it's a very very difficult song to play, and I almost feel like like when I'm playing it, I'm almost kind of flying through it. Um, and if I really, if I really nail it and really get everything right, it's such a thrill. And if I don't, I just, you know, I move on, but I know that there's, there's more work to be done on it. So I guess I just really, I get excited about the challenge of that song every time it comes up in the set. Awesome. Right. So everybody asks you about your guitar playing, everybody asks about guitar players, but you're also quite a keen drummer, right? I am. Yeah, that was that was my first. I mean, it's kind of because guitar, I was just brought up with guitar. I started playing when I was four, but drums, I started playing when I was nine. And that was a very different. Uh, I have a very different relationship with drums. Like it's uh, something that I almost chose to do and wanted to do more than just knew how to do naturally. Um, so, yeah, I, I love drum. I played a lot of the drum parts on a lot of my records and um and I've, I think that secretly I would have loved to be a drummer. What drummer? Like in a famous, like in a famous band, <laughs> like a like a unknown, you know, like like who can name the drummer from I don't know some just just like no one knows exactly the, who the drummer is if they're just good if they're excellent then everyone knows who the drummer is so I just wanted to be like a decent drummer in a huge band and no one knows my name and I'm not famous but I'm a millionaire. That's- <laughs> that sounds good. What drummers do you like? Okay, so um, I I really like oh come on, don't put me on the spot about this. Um, uh, all right, I'll name some. You tell me if you like them, okay? Okay, that's better. Thank you. John Bonham. Sure, John Bonham is the is the king of of just heavy, heavy, heavy. Um, and you know, and he set the tone for for a lot of drummers to come. Like you know, he, for a lot of metal drummers you know, I mean, just his sound and his bigness was like hadn't been heard before would you think of ginger baker well i mean ginger baker is like the iconic crazy man of the 60s you know i mean everyone loves ginger baker like he his 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 vibe and his sound were so wacky and cool and you know again like th- this is a time and place where drummers were uh, really setting the tone for the next few decades. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely! I don't know if you have you seen the film Beware of Mr. Baker, but it's on my it's on my list of things to watch. Oh, it's it's brilliant! It's a lot better than uh, a a movie. Even though I love playing drums and I love everything about it, a, a whole movie about drums I wasn't too keen on watching. But it's so much better than what anybody is expected. So check it out. Right, I will. Um, I've got a question that's been emailed in by the guitar player John Gorm who's obviously... Oh, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he's an amazing player. Um, so John says that he'd be interested to know how much of the production, like on the strings on the track Great Round Burn, or the yeah. band the band arrangements or the electronic stuff is decided before the guitar is written. Or, oh, okay. Or... Okay, that's great. Um, so, no, all the everything on the guitar is first. The guitar is what I sit at home and I mean every every song I've ever done like has its its life as a guitar song um and that's just how I how I write I don't I think that it's uh it's like a test of whether the song is good enough if it just stands on its own solo guitar in my bedroom wherever so 
so so in, in that sense, it's is all, all everything is inspired by the guitar arrangement to begin with. Um, and I have worked with a guy named D, Dan Daniel James D James Goodwin. Um, he has a studio in Woodstock, New York called the Isicon, and he and I have put together the last three albums. And I hope we do more together because we're a great team, and he's an, an incredible producer and mixer, and we we kind of uh, yeah we we sort of have the same like we we both need to take a break every hour and a half but then we jump right back in we we kind of have the same mental schedule and it's really uh it's really great to work with him awesome and the last thing that john said as part of that question he just said that he's in awe of your sounds on your records and he thinks that they're majestic so there you go well john is a majestic guitar player and i'm honored to answer his question i think i just retweeted him this morning actually oh that's really cool very, very yeah. cool indeed. Now, um, obviously, you've you've got a huge tour coming up. It's all very, very exciting. Um, you've collaborated with many different artists in the past. Do you think there's anybody that you'd like to collaborate with that you haven't had the opportunity to do so thus far? Yeah, I mean, there's there's millions of musicians. Well, probably, yeah, probably millions of musicians. Obviously, millions of musicians in the world. And I, I'm, 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 I don't want to jinx myself by telling you what I'm up to right now. Um, I will say that I'm, I'm about to do an interesting collaboration with Kiran Gandhi, who is the drummer for MIA. And um, she and I are going to be putting together this really neat kind of, not a secret show, but just something where um, people are bringing together female performers. Um, and, you know, to just create a short set. And I'm excited about that. Um you know, I think that I'm lucky because I've been able to play with folk musicians and classical people and neoclassical people and hip-hop people and producers who just want, like, a tiny little bit of guitar sound and filmmakers. You know, I, I'm I, I'm lucky that I... And I think, it, I think it happens to be because I'm an instrumentalist. Like, my, my vibe is usable in a lot of different places. Um... And, uh, so, so I don't know. I mean, I think that it's tough because, and I'm sure John Gom could speak to this. Like when you play solo guitar, you end up in a kind of solo guitar ghetto where you don't, the, the whole objective, right, is to play guitar by yourself and to hold people's attention and whether it's on an album or on in this, in, you know, on tour. And so the result is that like over time you feel like, no, like, I don't have any friends. Like, I, you know, you're not hiring, you know, different musicians to get on the stage with you every night. You're not in a band. You're not, your, your social network musically becomes very small. And I've done my best and will continue to, you know, break out of that, uh, I won't say ghetto, I'll say neighborhood, to get out of the, the neighborhood of one. Um, and so so I, that I can collaborate and you know but really it's tough it's I think when you take up the challenge of solo guitar and finger style and tapping what you're doing is you're eliminating all the other musicians that you would otherwise need like you're the drummer you're the bassist you're playing the, har the harmonies you're kind of you're filling in all the sound yourself and therefore you know other people what's what's the use um but like I said I, I feel lucky that I'm able to sneak in kind of unobserved to all of these different genres and, and places. So, yeah, I look forward to hopefully a lifetime of collaboration. Can you remember the first ever song that you wrote? I can. Um, 
I wrote a song in fifth grade, so I would have been nine years old, ten, um, and it had four chords, but one of the chords was really pretty, and I don't remember what it was. I'm sure it was something really boring, but at the time, I was like, this chord is amazing, and, uh, and it was called Landscapes, and I played it at the end of fifth grade. We had, like, a show where we all did little skits and sang, and then I got to play my song, and I had this art teacher who really, like, didn't like me. I mean, she, I was always in trouble. I was kind of, I don't know, I just, I, I wanted to do music. I didn't really want to fool around with art at the time, and, um, and but she just, just, just kind of disliked me, and then at the end of that performance, my art teacher came up to me and said, that was really good. Like, that was really, that was really amazing. She really meant it, and I thought, wow, this woman that's been, you know, kind of after me this whole year has been sending me to detention like she she liked it well maybe there's something that's actually a really good sign maybe I can make people who dislike me like me through my music <laughs> is what I'm saying that's the reason that every musician starts playing music yeah like maybe I, maybe I can uh, make all these people who otherwise wouldn't have anything to do with me like you know bow at my feet you have a guitar to hand. What tuning? Uh, what tuning are you in at the moment? Currently, this is somewhere in the range. Let me see. Uh, the C G D G A D. C G. Right. Okay. That sounds like a cool tuning. Um. So, what what songs have you written in this particular tuning that you've got? Oh my god! This is like a lot. So a lot. Of, like half of my first album. Um. Close your eyes and you'll burst into flames. Uh, Pink Noise, playing with Pink Noises in this tuning from the second album. Um, uh, let's see, I think You Don't Have to Be Afraid is in this tuning. Um, I didn't use it as much on Dreaming of Revenge, I don't think. But then um, on, so in The Neck is a Bridge to the Body, the second half of the show is in this tuning. So that's why... This is the guitar that just came out of the case, and the last thing it did was, you know, perform the show. So that's why it's in this tuning. You mentioned the track "Playing with Pink Noise." Of course, you played that on Letterman, uh, mm -hmm. which caught everybody's attention. An old classic of yours. Can you give us a bit of a, a blast to that track? Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's see. Wow, very, very cool. Now, of course, that guitar is painted. Who did somebody paint it for you? Did you get? Did yeah, you... the Ovation Factory painted it white for me. So, did you just call them up and say, "I want you know, paint paint a white guitar for me"? Well, I have a signature model with them, and um, and so it wasn't uh, too hard for me to get them to help me out. Now, if they hadn't been able to do it, I would have taken it to like an auto body shop where they just, you know, they do the paint really well and really right. Um, so yeah, but but I'm fortunate to have worked with a lot of manufacturers who are excited to, to collaborate, frankly. Very, very cool. Uh, just a, a random question. Always wanted to get your thoughts on this. What do you think of the band Muse? Um, you know, I know some of their songs from the radio. I know a lot of people really, they like, they're like, go deeper with them. They're really good. I, it's just something I haven't gotten around to. Um, there's oh, that one song. It's like... <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, 
why why do you ask about that band in particular i'm curious because as you play there's some of the things that you do sound a little bit like muse some of the some of the little chord patterns that you do and i've just always wanted to get your thoughts on it and i'm not saying that you've taken stuff from them at all i just said it sounds quite um i don't know i love muse i love what you do and some of it sounds quite similar and i just wanted to get your thoughts on it i will um you know it's funny i'm i'm kind of like so I have a one-year-old daughter and we, we listen to a lot of music together. So I, I have like lists of all everything that, that, you know, it's funny cause now I have this excuse to listen to all these things that normally I would have not had the time to. Um, so I'll, I'll put that on. It's funny cause I was hanging out with a friend of mine who I really respect and who's a very like, like very cool avant-garde composer and very outside the box. But she, she was saying, Oh yeah, Muse is a fantastic band. So I, I totally owe them, my time yeah i'll i'll send you i'll send you a couple of links to the tracks that i thought sounded quite khaki king-esque so there you go Very good. right so big tour coming up like we said the uk date november 18th you have to go along and see khaki king i would definitely be there but i can't i'm going to be in birmingham but i'm sure khaki will hopefully be in scotland at some point in the future I would love to. I can't wait. Unfortunately, I have to go to Holland the next day. But um, yes, more more UK dates for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Khaki King on the Talk Music Podcast. Someone who's been described as many different things, but we know her and love her as simply a guitar player. <laughs> Thank you. Khaki, play us out. Give us something in that beautiful tune. And what are you, you going to give us? Uh, so this is the last piece from uh, The Neck is a Bridge to the Body. And it ties in with the script, so the, the title's a bit long, but it's called uh, We Did Not Make the Instrument, The Instrument Made Us. And how, how much of this song would you like? Uh, the, the equivalent of a, a version of chorus, or indeed whatever you feel necessary. Okay. Thank you very much, Kaki, for joining us today. Thank you, Scott. Good to see you again. Fantastic interview there with the one and only Kaki King. Nora, what do you think of Kaki King? Wonderful. Great guitar player. Big fan. Wonderful sound. Just wonderful. Really, really great. Okay. We mentioned earlier, we're commenting on stuff that's socially relevant. This week, news broke that uh, they have found water on Mars. Oh, nope. yeah. Well, I'm nope. actually not really all that surprised about that. Actually, you know, there's um, a moon of Jupiter called Europa, and it's basically covered in ocean. So if we explore that, you never know what we could find. So there's a lot in our own tiny, 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 minuscule solar system uh, that we haven't discovered. Um, 
So I'm not surprised at all. I think it's great, you know? Keep the exploration going. So do you think that there's aliens? Well, um, probably, but I mean, it's, I mean, statistically it's, it's, it's pretty likely considering the size of the universe, but are we going to encounter them anytime soon? Probably not. I mean, I think it's pretty likely that they're out there, but it's pretty unlikely that we'll ever communicate unless they already are aware of us and we don't know it, which is definitely possible. So we'll see. Yeah, they must be aware of us. They could be. They could be not. I mean, you know, there's so much space in the universe. It's so vast. You know, I mean, we've got our tiny solar system, which is, you know, a handful of planets. And um, we've got our one star, you know, and there are a few hundred billion stars in our galaxy, at least maybe a hundred billion. And then we've got a hundred billion galaxies, you know. So, I mean, there's just so much space. Um, I think uh, there's bound to be tons and tons of life, you know, probably, yeah. So, when do you think it will be likely that we will interact with aliens? Well, that's, I mean, I'm not a scientist, and I I'd actually, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a huge fan of this kind of stuff. I read a lot of books um, about the universe, and I'm really into a lot of great scientists out there who, who talk about these kinds of things. Um, I'm a big fan of Lawrence Krauss, and also... He's brilliant. But yeah, how, I really, how, how can you not like Fleetwood Mac? I know, I know, I know, they're so great. And um, obviously Stephen Hawking has some beautiful ideas. Oh, Stephen Neil- Hawking, very superstitious. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we've got Neil deGrasse Tyson also. Who? Yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson. First man to walk <laughs> in the moon. Yeah, he's amazing. So there's so there's a lot of there's a lot of information out about this stuff that's very simple for normal people like you and me that are not hey, world class scientists to understand. When it comes to science and when it comes to planets and when it comes to solar systems, I know my shit. Ask me anything and I will be able to answer it regarding this. Right? You wouldn't believe in the depth of the knowledge that I've got. Hit me. Okay, what's the largest star known in the universe? Mars. That's correct. (laughs) So what was your question? Oh, do I think it's likely that we're going to interact and perform music with aliens anytime soon over the next three to five years? Man, I don't know. Let me just tell you, I've done some gigs in some far off places when I felt like I was on the bandstand with some fucking aliens. Let me tell you. Tell me when. Or is this one of you? I cannot confirm. In Shetland. Oh, yeah. In the middle of the freaking north sea hey i need to talk to you and we're not going to name this person right yeah but you have been doing the equivalent in the podcast world of sleeping around let me explain baby hey hey I, hey listen I, listen <laughs> listen i don't don't you even mention his name right his name because in my world this person doesn't exist look i don't want this to be a reason for us to break up i thought we had a good thing going here i know i messed up but I really want you to know that you can trust me and I, I I don't know how I can take it back, but if there's any way that I can make it up to you, I just wish you would tell me because I just, I just, it's just been eating me alive. You know, I've been wanting to tell you for so long and. Uh. Scarily, you sound a lot more, um, you sound a lot more emotional than you, you did when you were David Cameron. Listen, 
if anybody doesn't know what on earth we're talking about, Nora, without even telling me, without even consulting me. I didn't want to hurt your thickened feelings. She went on another podcast, right? She's went on another podcast, and I'll be honest, I listened in, and what I heard wasn't the Nora that is on here, to be fair. You weren't laughing no, and joking around. No, no, this, you this is been, a totally different thing. And we're not, I don't even dare mention this podcast and this person's name, right? And the people are already going to be intrigued and Google it, right? But I tell you what, go and Google it, okay? And go and listen to it, because I'll be honest with you, it sucked. Because Nora is being serious. Nora's, it's, it doesn't suck, I'm, I'm only having a joke. But... Nora has been serious and she's asking questions, like she's answering questions, saying things like, yes, you know, I'm I'm heavily influenced by this person, that person, I've been playing violin, but you're being all adult. And then you listen to this podcast and all you ever do is talk about is penises and... Um... <laughs> yeah, well, this is a slightly different vibe we've got going here. Scott, no, I really want you to know, baby, I hope that you can forgive me, old blue eyes. And um, I don't want you to um, hate me forever. Will you ever forgive me? Good old Paul I don't want you to be sad forever. I just made that up. Good old Paul McCartney, eh? Can he beat wings? Can he beat a bit of wings? Do you know, uh, this is the last thing we'll say because we're babbling on here, right? I hope everybody's enjoyed Khaki Gang. I hope everybody's enjoyed the podcast. And by the way, Nora, I said this earlier, you didn't hear the interview with Khaki, right? But wait to hear this. Here's a story for you, right? You listening to me, you scumbag? Or are you on yeah. another podcast? Yeah, I'm listening, man. Um, Khaki Gang is playing uh, November 18th at the Jazz Cafe in London. November 18th, and I want to go. But I'm playing there the night before with Sandy Tom. Right? Wait, wait. November 17th? Yes. Holy crap. Are you going to be in London? No. Don't ever do that. I was getting all excited there. That would have been such a laugh. All right. Don't, you don't need to shush me. If it's top secret, it's top secret. I can cut this bit out. Or can we just leave it in and get the public wondering? Yeah, you can keep them wondering. I can't tell you yet. There's like, something cooking. There's something cooking. There's something in the water, as they say. Anyway. I might might burn it, but I'm going to try not to. Well, typical. Anyway, Nora's remain on the podcast. <laughs>